Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, thanks for listening to the show. Join your hosts, Bill Alstead and Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers, here to talk Seahawks football. We're going to get you all caught up in everything. Uh, uh, Seahawks chatter as far as injuries are concerned. Got a lot of injury updates for you in this show. Uh, We're going to be talking about the game coming up on Saturday morning against the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. And, um, anything else we, we want to talk about here right before the, uh, the last preseason games, we've got important, uh, stuff going on next week. As far as cut downs, Tuesday is the day we go from 90 man to 53. We're going to come back here on Sunday and do a, uh, not only a recap show, but we're going to do a 53 man, uh, roster prediction show will be our seventh annual uh show to be able to do that so we look forward to all that welcome in keith yeah um lots of news coming out the last couple of days um let's just start with the biggest one and that is uh jamal adams passed the physical he is no longer on the physically unable to perform list that doesn't mean he's ready to get out there and you know play in a game um he's still at least a couple of weeks away from that but um, it means he's he'll be actually practicing and will not start the year um, on an inactive list. He'll start the year yeah. on the roster. So um, great for him. But that throws some wrenches in all the stuff we've been talking about the last couple of weeks in terms of the roster because mm-hmm. who loses a job? Yeah. No, Jordan Brooks was the first domino. You know, when he came back, that kind of mm-hmm. really changed up everything as far as the uh, the linebacker room was concerned. And then Jordan, uh, Jamal Adams, we just weren't expecting him to kind of come off that pup list. Um, to be completely honest, we thought, well, it would be at least a four, four to six week, 
uh, time frame before he would be ready. There was just no indication from the team that he was this close, but apparently he is. He's ready to go. Uh, they want him in the walkthroughs <clears throat> that enable him to kind of uh, get all the cadence and uh, the, the calls and so forth, make the adjustments on the field with his teammates and so forth uh, before he goes full speed. And that happens pretty rapidly. We saw that with Jordan Brooks. Jordan Brooks only took about a week, week and a half to get acclimated. I would imagine the same thing with Jamal. He's been hanging around the team the entire offseason. And it's just going to be a matter of time before he takes uh, game snaps. Looks like he might possibly be ready for a few snaps game one, but definitely by week two or three, Jamal Adams is going to be part of the equation. He's certainly not going to go on the um, on on the uh, injured reserve list. Uh, he's part of this roster. Um, how does it impact the roster, Keith? Um, well, I mean. It- it's a safety defensive back spot um, that you know he's going to get. And so we had, you know, people like Kobe Bryant and Jonathan Sutherland, like competing for a spot that might not exist. Um, And, you know, those are a couple of good, valuable players. Um, Jarek Reed now, is there a spot for him to even try and get? I think there is. There, There is a way that you can manipulate this roster. I've done so. It doesn't look great because I've only, uh, in my roster, in order to get Jamal Adams on as well as Jarek Reed and Kobe Bryant and Artie Burns, uh, I've only got two defensive tackles on my yeah. roster to do that. I've got four defensive ends making the roster, right? So I'm very light on the defensive line. Um, but depending so have, on how athletic... Six, def- the, six defensive linemen and... 13? 12 defensive backs, 12 defensive backs, which yeah, is unheard of. Yeah, that that's that's not going to happen. <laughs> that's, that, well, that's, here's, um, okay, just so you know, balance. here's the defensive backs I've got. Diggs, Adams, Love, Sutherland, Bryant, Reed, Woolen, Witherspoon, Jackson, Brown, Bryant, Burns. So oh, I've got Bryant twice on there. So I've actually got 11 defensive backs. Excuse okay, me. that's actually not, that's not that So bad. I've got 11 defensive backs, and then that enables me to kind of manipulate. Um, but you've only got six defensive linemen. And in order to make this happen, I um, I got a, a, a fan favorite, certainly a team favorite in Nick Ballure. Oh, yeah. that. And I, and I went with Le- Levi Bell instead. We'll go. We'll go through these the roster stuff uh, later on. So I'll leave that. But it is going to impact the roster. I mean, there is a way we can kind of get some guys that we want, but we're going to have to cut some guys. Guys that are probably make rosters uh, around mm-hmm. the NFL, even even with all of the cuts. There's a thousand players being cut on Tuesday around the league. Uh, but but our guys are right up there on top so of the list. I think the last time the Seahawks were cutting guys that were. Um instantly being grabbed and because they're they're significantly better than the players on rosters the players that seattle's cutting was that uh 2013 2014 2015 window and it really does feel like that's going to happen this year yeah because if you cut a kobe bryant he's he was a fourth round pick he played pretty well last year now he's got a lot more versatility somebody's going to grab him Absolutely. Very quickly. 
there's no chance he gets through um, to a practice squad. I don't um, believe that that's going to happen. I think the team has shown that they want him. He's played virtually every snap in preseason, and he's been participating in all the practices. He's been playing all over the place for them. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy like that is extremely valuable for any roster in, in Seattle as well. I think they value him maybe more so than than outside looking in. You know, you take a look at his grades and so forth, you see some struggles there. But I think the team sees the upside, and um, I think he sticks. Well, yeah, I mean, there have been struggles, but he's also playing a new position. This is a guy that's been a corner his entire Two life, but now, be, now being asked to play safety. And yeah, like even um, he's never played the slot before, and then they asked him to do that last year. And now, right. because the slot's full, they're asking him to switch to safety. Um, and he's never this is done good news for him so. in the long run, but in the short term, there's a lot of thinking going on, a lot of hesitation. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people, you know, need to be able to trust him to be able to be in the right spots and so forth. That's how this defense works, especially uh, Quandre Diggs and um, and Julian Love. And it, it if he's not able to do that, then they're going to find somebody else but i think he will i think he'll he'll eventually work into some sort of rotation there um but there's so much competition in that spot i just i don't know i don't know honestly how it's going to all work out i think the bigger um concern and i'm going to concern that's not the right word um the bigger question for you and i is how does the jamal adams return affect the defense not the more than just the back end of the roster because he's going to play. This is an $18 million a year guy. He's going to play. And what we've come to expect over the last um, year, because he only played a few snaps total last year. Uh, and what we've seen in camp and preseason don't, it hasn't been with the Jamal Adams in there. He is a unique player in his athleticism and physicality and what he does um, up around the line of scrimmage is special, but his liabilities and coverage are apparent. Um, and so what they've been doing when you've got a guy um, out there like Julian Love, who's great in coverage, um, doesn't isn't the same as when you've got Jamal Adams in there, who does the other things well. Um, how much more three safety looks are we going to see in order to get... Both yeah. like those guys and Diggs on the field at the same time. It's pretty exciting, and and I think it's totally going to be a hybrid thing. It's going to be one of those made-up things, multiple-look uh, defense things that we just aren't used to. They're literally going to make up a role. I think if we can think of um, of Jamal Adams more as a weak-side linebacker as opposed to a safety, this thing kind of works. And I'll and, – and, and, kind of a four, three fronts, kind of a uh, wishy-washy kind of hybrid thing. So with the addition of Julian Love uh, at uh, being able to play strong safety and then Jonathan Sutherland, the emergence of, of Sutherland, I think that strong safety spot is kind of taken care of, if you will. And, and the fact that Jamal Adams is susceptible to some injury and so forth, I think the team is going to take that into consideration and kind of protect him a little bit. So I think he's going to be kind of a rover, quote unquote, for this defense. And I think that when when you see um guy like Jordan Brooks or Devin Bush out of the game Jamal Adams is in. Now he doesn't necessarily line up at middle linebacker, 
what they end up doing is that they do have three safeties on the field um, and or, you know, linebackers. So you'll still have your rush linebackers and so forth. But Jamal Adams will be freed up to be able to rush the passer, drop back in some middle um, coverage against tight ends and running backs coming out of the backfield and so forth. But I really do believe that he becomes that pass rush specialist um, this this season. And he plays, I'm just going to say like 30% of the snaps. There's so many guys able to play that spot that they've got some flexibility now. And um, he doesn't have to play. They don't have to depend on him so much to be on the field, even though he's available. And he just kind of works himself in. He kind of disguises things. Defense disguises things for him. And he just kind of plays all over the place, if you will. Now, that that may come as a um, detriment to our to our run defense a little bit, but I, I don't know yet. I, you know, it's hard to, hard to tell exactly. Now, that's my read. What's yours? Um, my read is we're going to see more three, three, five, um, mm-hmm. you know, nickel, um, and that kind of umbrella, um, formation and where you end up with three safeties and that in order to get Adams on the field and you're right, you're going to see Brooks not on the field, um, in order to have Adams in there. And, but that's a, um, that's a system that works against the pass. It, a three-three-five does not work against the run because there are gaps that are unaccounted for, um, and the all of the keys and all of those kind of things are they just don't work. Um, that's why you don't see teams run a three-three-five. Um, and so, yeah, it's gonna. I think it's gonna. They're gonna do that to the detriment of the run defense. Um, but it's about getting the right people on the field, and they'll figure it out. Um, <clears throat> My thought on what you were saying was really they're paying a guy $18 million a year to max out at 30% of the snaps. Can you see him being on the field more than that? Um, if yeah, we're assuming... to the detriment of the run, you everything you said is correct as well. My thought process as well, you articulated it very succinctly, is that <laughs> we are going to have problems in the run defense with Jamal Adams on the field, even though he's a pretty decent. Uh, run defender he's not a wrap-up tackler guy he's more of a i'm gonna pop you and yeah right and but his body is not so maybe he's kind of been instructed to to do more wrap-up tackling this year to kind of save himself um we'll see how that goes instincts are instincts and he's he's got great instincts but his body pays for it yeah i Um, mean 30 percent of the snaps assumes healthy right so if he misses a couple games that number drops and that's a lot of your salary cap going to a guy that's not on the field and not making it. That's why I think they maximize his impact by rushing the passer. I think he's in there just as a, as a, as a rush defender. Wouldn't they be better served to have Daryl Taylor doing that? They'd be better served to have Levi Bell doing that, to be completely honest. See, again, this is like, this is the $18 million question. Like if he's not, if you're not building your defense around his skills at strong safety, why are you paying him that sum? Um, Why is he on your roster? 
He was never going to be a, a true strong safety for this defense, even from the very beginning when healthy. He was always going to be the, this guy that lined up in multiple spots. Yeah, still. Even in a 4-3, he was always going to be more of a weak side linebacker in in, well, in in reality when he lines up on the field. When they brought him in, they kind of schemed the defense around his skills because he's so damn good. Um, he's been gone, and they've retooled their defense, and they've done a bunch of new things, and none yeah. of those things are around building it around having such a unique talent. And that's um, why we've seen this. Be, we've seen this before. We've seen the defense struggle um, in two years in a row, I think, too. And we didn't see it enough last year to know if it would have worked. But they struggled so badly as soon as he went out for for half the season um, that I don't even know if it would have helped uh, to have him in there because they, they do operate this thing around him. And he's so loosey-goosey with the scheme that I think uh, Quandre Diggs has a has a real problem trying to figure out where the hell uh, Jamal Adams is going to be and and the trust factor and, and keeping all his other guys in the scheme um, to, to make up for deficiencies wherever Jamal Adams was supposed to be and then he's not there and then what do you do? Um, it creates issues. It does. Um, and I'm not exactly sure based on the fact that he hasn't practiced with the defense really um, for, for an entire year, I'm not sure where this thing is. I wouldn't su- be surprised if, you know, Jamal Adams gets 10 snaps the first game he's in, then, you know, 15, and, and it kind of works up, you know, a little bit, probably capped at like 25 snaps at the most in a, in a game. Um, and, and we'll just see how it goes. It, it could be... It could make the defense better, but it could make it worse. Well, he's athletically, he's so good. There's they the CX gave up a lot to get him, paid him a lot of money. He's a two time all pro. Both of those were before he was twenty five, um, before the injuries have started like, you know, kind of derailing things. He, he's a tilt the field kind of guy. Um, but he's unique. He's a safety who doesn't cover well and you have to be able to work around his deficiencies in order to get to the all the stuff that he does ex- better than anybody um and yeah i mean it's a uh it's a it is a unique problem and we'll see what this defensive coaching staff has planned because if they run him out there um the same way the previous defensive coaching staff did for part of a season and just expect him to be a safety and like a normal uh strong safety that you'd see on any other defense it won't go well um because and, and something is something we haven't really even talked about Keith is the fact that he tore his quad tendon mm-hmm. he's had other knee issues and so forth in the past a little bit what if he's lost a step what if that agility just isn't there is Jamal Adams even a good fit anymore no. in in a defense if he doesn't have those skills, if he doesn't have those skills, then he doesn't, he already was not good in coverage. And now you're going to make him unable to get up and hit people and get to the hole when he needs to and, and make the plays he used to make. Okay. Now what does he do? Well, mm-hmm. 
So my the reason I ask that is I think I'm I'm a wait and see guy on this whole thing. Um, yeah, Jamal is back. He's going through walkthroughs. He's passed his physical, um, but that doesn't mean he hasn't lost a step or he hasn't. You know, it's been it's been a while since he's played football, and he had a major uh, injury. So it's going to take a minute for him to um, yeah. to kind of get back into the flow and. Uh, so I'm I'm kind of a wait and see. He's going to make the roster. He's going to take a spot that somebody else would have had, whether it's Jarek Reed or Artie Burns, possibly Kobe Bryant. I, I think he's safe. Jonathan Sutherland um, is is in, in his natural spot. Jamal mm-hmm. Adams, really. I mean, so you would love to be able to see Jonathan Sutherland on this roster. I think if Jonathan Sutherland does not make this roster, he could potentially be a player that another team would value that may not make it to the practice squad. So there's that. Okay. So, um, the next piece of news, um, is about uh, Jackson Smith and the Jigma JSN had his surgery. Um, Pete Carroll said it was elaborate in terms of the way Mm -hmm. that they were able to, to secure the bone. So it would heal. His timeline is three to four weeks before he's back. Um, that puts week one in jeopardy. Yeah, I don't see him coming back for week one at this point. Um, unless, you know, they're just saying uh, that for precautionary reasons. But um, we can imagine week two or three, he'll be back. He's he's definitely shown already that he's going to be part of this offense. It's going to hurt uh, initially to have him gone. You're going to end up depending upon uh, guys like um, Cody Jake Thompson, Bobo. potentially, and Jake Bobo to come in. Derek Young could potentially miss not only a, a little bit of the season, he can miss the entire season um, he's a, because yeah, he's he, got, he left the team to go see a specialist about, does he need surgery for um, an abductor tear? Yes. Um, he might be out for the year and that is really unfortunate for that kid. It really is. And that really does, uh, you know, tear us under the, the wide receiver room um, mm-hmm. when, when you've got in Jigba, that's not going to be there initially. Derek Young's gone. Cody Thompson is injured, won't play in this game on Saturday, unfortunately for him. You've got Kay Johnson just back off of concussion protocol, but he's a guy that's, you know, could potentially take some of the snaps that Dwayne Eskridge used to have, but he's a smaller um, kind of a slot guy, potentially an Enjigba, um, you know, replacement, but a poor man's Enjigba for sure. Matt Landers is, is still out there. Um, they brought in a guy, Malik Flowers, who's got some uh, punt return experience and so forth, but not a lot of time as a wide receiver on an NFL roster. Um, so it's, you know, the first couple of weeks are going to be a struggle. You're going to have guys like Noah Fant, Will Disley, Colby Parkinson, guys like Kenny McIntosh, DJ Dallas catching balls out of the backfield, really going to have to pick up the slack. Yeah. I was looking at this. I'm like, we went into this training camp thinking, wow, receiver seems stacked. It, it was, <laughs> and that was stacked. And that was before um, the emergence of Jake Bobo. But your dad, Eskridge is out. Young is out. Uh, Smith the Jigma is out. Um, and I would feel comfortable going your... into the season in the first game or two with Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Bobo, and a guy like Cody Thompson. Um, as a placeholder. I mean, 
you, you're not going to play more than three or four guys on the field at any one time anyway. And mm-hmm. uh, it's just then, I mean, you would have to really make sure you didn't have injuries at that position. If you did, it would, it would just be really, really tough. Yeah, but guys, guys that that weren't potentially going to make this roster at all are going to make the roster in the first couple of weeks. Yep. I, but I look at it and I'm like, this is one of those situations where you don't want to, you don't want to, you're not going to be able to make it through a season with four um, corners on your roster, or not corners, four receivers. But you might try and do week one. And I'm saying that, you know, JSN is going to be on the roster, but he's not available. So, mm-hmm. um, right. So you, you might be able to get through a game with three or four healthy guys. Um, and so maybe they, they yeah. use that as a way to, to manipulate and, and get other guys in um, yeah. it, on the it, roster, at least for a week or two. Yeah. And it also helps them transition guys to a practice squad situation in a, in a few weeks as well. Guys like Kate Johnson, maybe, maybe Esip Winston, um, Matt Landers, you know, Cody Thompson, those guys, Tejon Lindsay, Tejon Lindsay, um, could, could initially make the roster and then revert. Okay. So we, we've talked about the, the main guys, um, right off the bat, you know, I mentioned Cade Johnson as well, returning to practice. Um, let's go through a, a few of the other guys. There's, there's quite a long list. Daryl Taylor's out with a shoulder has been out for a while. Pete says mm-hmm. he could return to practice next week, obviously not playing on Saturday. Mike Morris is, is an interesting um, thing that I didn't know about. I knew he was out for a little bit, but apparently he had a shoulder procedure and his timeline is unknown. It doesn't sound good. It sounds like he may need some time. He may end up being on IR and miss the entire season. Um, well, I don't which know if he'll is, miss the season. Mike, I'm, I am well, have to be on the yeah, he, I'm expecting I mean, him to make the, the initial roster. 53 and then revert and then get put on IR and they'll bring yes. someone back. A Matt Landers yeah. kind of like type of situation where they cut him initially 24 hours later, they resign him to the 53. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that helps, you know, with the safety thing too, possibly. Um, yeah. Or defensive back, they, they may end up doing that. The defensive um, line was already thin. And no. they were expecting I'm going to talk to you about Morris that at the end of this. Have towards a, the end of the show, I want to talk to you about a, yeah, They were expecting stuff. him to have a role, and now yeah. it's going to yes. be out a while. Right. Yeah, he was definitely going to be like the, the fourth defensive end guy that was mm-hmm. going to come in and spell Mario Edwards. We'll see. Uh, Oluwatimi is expected to play on Saturday. So the first time he's been active in a couple of weeks. Uh, yep. He's had an elbow thing. Apparently still got an elbow thing. And... Um, but he's easing, easing into it. Joey Hunt, on the other hand, is out now with a knee injury. No status update for him other than he won't play on Saturday. Um, we talked about Cody Thompson and Tariq Young. I wanted to mention Devin Witherspoon has been out a, a couple weeks with a hamstring injury. He's missed like a dozen practices. Uh, not good for him, but he's gone through now walkthroughs there. Hopefully he can be back for the opener. Pete said he should be able to practice next week. So that's good news for Devin Witherspoon. Uh, Jonathan Sutherland is day-to-day with a calf injury. <clears throat> Unfortunately for him, not expected to play Saturday. I don't think that's going to impact his status uh, for making the roster, but who knows? Maybe somebody else has an opportunity to step up and show. I mentioned Seahawks signed wide receiver, punt returner Malik Flowers to the roster. He's recently cut 
um, by the Saints. Flowers is a great return man, so you got to watch that, see if he can impact the game at all um, on Saturday. And the Seahawks signed Jordan Ferguson and waived running back Bryant Kobach. Um, that's surprising to me, not terribly surprising. Um, I thought Kobach would get cut um, on Tuesday um, and potentially make it to the practice squad. We'll see if anybody else picks him up now between now and then. He could definitely be back or make the practice squad. Um, he's he's I think just that's... one of those guys. Yeah, they they've got a bunch of um guys that most people haven't heard of at running back um because of you know the Seattle's like Ken Walker being hurt and that kind of stuff. They've added some guys. Kobach actually came in and showed up really big in the first um preseason game, but not in the second. And so it was one of those at one point a lot of people were talking about, yeah, this guy is probably going to be on the practice squad, but then after the second game um now it's Thompson that everyone's like, yeah, he's going to be the, the running back of the practice squad. <laughs> um, right. And we'll see what happens here. The fact that Kobach got cut um, shows that that week one or preseason week one might have been an aberration. Um, and they like other guys better. So. Yeah, potentially. We'll see. OK, so I wanted to talk to you about the defensive tackle position, really, and a potential trade. So Jaron Reed, Cameron Young. Uh, sitting there matt uh go go tell is also a guy a big guy actually 340 plus pounds as a as a traditional nose tackle um and they may want to keep him on the roster just for that um but i want to talk about chris jones um chris jones is the defensive tackle for the kansas city chiefs probably the second best defensive tackle in the league behind Aaron Donald and he had 15 and a half sacks last year, 65 sacks in his first six seasons. Um, but he's talked about holding out, talked about missing the first eight games this year, unless they restructure his deal. He already earns close to $20 million, um, in salary Keith, but he's behind Aaron Donald, $31.6 million average salary, um, at that position. And I don't know that he's necessarily wanting to get up to that level, but he certainly wants a little bit of a pay increase and, and based on his play may, may actually deserve that. I don't know if you hold out to, to do that or not, or you just play out. He's a free agent next year. Mm -hmm. Um, and Kansas city's got a few other players to pay. Um, so when you take a look at, you know, going into free agency next year, they may lose him and not get anything for him next year and and the fact that he might want to hold out um potentially puts him on the on the trading block i'm not going to say it's going to happen but it's potential and you would think you know john schneider being the guy that he is wants to be on every deal uh would <clears throat> absolutely uh, take a look at this because a guy like chris jones on this defense would make this defense um, would literally propel, I think, this team into a Super Bowl contender. That's how close we are. I think we're, 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 we've talked about it, literally one, two players away. A guy like that could be the difference, especially if Geno has a stellar season. Um, a guy like this could be on the other, uh, other side of the ball and really create havoc uh, for teams. And it really would be the kind of the missing piece for me. And, and when you're that close... Uh, I think they would consider doing it 
doing a deal, something like that. What do you think of Chris Jones and what do you think of our defensive line? And do we need a player like that to get over the hump? Everybody needs a player like Jones. Kansas city needs a player like Jones. He's that good. Um, the Rams who have Aaron Donald could use a player like Jones to play next to him. Um, and so if you have an opportunity to get a guy like that, you don't say no. Right. Um, people are gonna be like, Oh, we don't need him. Yeah, actually we do. Every team needs, needs a guy cause he's that good. Um, can the team afford him? Does the team want to give up the draft picks to get him? I think it would take a first and a second round pick plus a player. Yeah. So a first and a second round pick. And the only reason I'm saying not a not two firsts and a second or something like that is he is 29. He'll be 30 during the season. Um, and it's late in the season. Not everyone has salary cap and all that kind of stuff. So I think it, it's harder to, to do a trade like this right now, but um, that would, I think be the value is, is a first and a second at a minimum plus maybe a player or a, you know, considerations for later picks as well. Conditional or, um, picks. I mean, if you can get him for a first and uh, Mike Jackson or Kobe mm. Bryant mm. <laughs> um, or Jamal Adams would make it really easy. If they'll take <laughs> Jamal Adams off your hands now that he's passed a physical, um, hell, I'd throw in a second um, <laughs> to get that roster off the, off the team. Right. that, because that gives the team the cap room necessary to sign a Chris Jones. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, some of it anyway. And so, but the, the thing that I look at with that is he's a, you're in a, you're playing a three, four, and this is a guy who has done everything in a four, three. And so I don't see him as a nose uh, tackle. He technically plays the same position as Dre Jones. Yeah, the five tech. Um, except for he can play. He he play three over tech. the three tech. So he, what he would do is he would kick um, uh, Williams out of the starting lineup, which I'm okay with. Um, and it would give you, you mean th- Edwards or Edwards, yeah. Um, and basically knock him back to the to the rotational role. Um, and you'd play with those three guys with with um, Jones, Reed, and oh my gosh. Um, Jones. Oh so, wow. um, as you're, as you're, yeah. Um, and then line. you're, even though your, your depth is crap, um, you're still like, that's good, right? You can do a lot of good things with that. Um, and that makes the front three, um, very, very tough for other teams. Um, especially when you look at, you know, you still have Bobby Wagner and Nuchin Nuasu and the um, emergence of Boye Mafe this year as like an elite um, guy. Like this is, you've got um, suddenly a legit front four or front seven. Like yeah. you're, you're good up front. And if you. And you think about it, the back end and you think about Bobby Wagner being there with Jordan Brooks. And mm-hmm. then you think about uh, Julian love and jamal adams and quandre diggs well, that all of a sudden becomes a, jamal a, adams is is <clears throat> on the chiefs <laughs> with that trade well okay okay but you know julian love jonathan sutherland uh quandre diggs Tariq woolen devin witherspoon come on i mean mm-hmm. you're all of a sudden now starting to talk about going deep into the playoffs 
Yeah, because now you're instead of talking about a team a defense that kind of tops out at 13th or 14th, now you're talking about a defense that could get up into the into the top 10 together with an offense that's going to be top five. So here's um, here's the here's that's the deal. A Super Bowl so team. W- in the past, Seattle's made these trades. We've you know we've gone out and 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 pulled the strings for for players um, this time of the year, um, and what. And they haven't turned out. They just haven't turned out. What would make this different? Um, I don't know. I'm, I, I am going to agree with you on, on yes, they've de- they've done this and they haven't turned out. Um, I think part of it is like when they did it for Jadavian Clowney. This is a guy that that <clears throat> was dominant at times but also didn't really get the stats and was more name because of a draft position than truly um, the excellent player um, on the field. Um, and same went with um, the defensive tackle the following year, um, yeah. whose name is His Skip. name is escapes me too. Um, where guys that, that have a name and with that one has a guy who was seriously dominant a couple of years before, but then his play had fallen off. And so it's, you know, you look at that and you're like, who were they trading for? I think they gave up stuff and traded for the player that no longer existed. Um, the ones from a couple of years earlier. Uh, and so I would be, I don't think those were good trades. I, I, they just weren't. Um, we can say that now specifically looking back. Um, but they also were indicative of how the Seahawks got into a situation where they were doing this mini rebuild again, um, where they were making plays for right now and sacrificing the future. And they just did that over and over and over again, trying yep. to, to recapture what they had had in the 2013-2014 until it just the wheels fell off and then they quit doing that and they went to developing a roster um like they did you know 2011 2012 um and you've seen the results that after you know two really good off seasons of that do you want them switching back to the win now mode well if if you're one player away and you can see that one player giving you the best chance to win uh this year and going forward for the next two or three seasons yes that's what happens to nfl rosters you're a player away you go get a player mm-hmm. um especially this kind of player you know tell me if this is worth it if um chris jones gives you 40 sacks in the next four seasons and gets you to a super bowl is it worth a first and a second round pick and, and no absolutely jamal adams <clears throat> absolutely. no question yeah and that's he- the chances you take as a general manager yeah. These are the moves that you make to to make your team better. They didn't work out in the past. That doesn't mean that every trade like that doesn't work out. I mean, um, you have an opportunity. To get, he's not 33. He's 29. He has a long um, like track record yeah. of being excellent. Um, being the second best defensive tackle in the game right now, a guy that got 15 and a half sacks last, last year which from the interior, which is insane. 
Um, in a fourth grade, so really into, yeah. Yeah. Um, like this is, uh, it's a special player. Um, and if you, if it can help you undo the Jamal Adams mistake by getting that contract off the roster to give you more flexibility next year. And, um, would you cut Jamal Adams to make this happen? just to get the $8 million plus in cap space to make a, uh, a contract workable. So you could extend Chris Jones. Um, I was ready to cut Jamal Adams all off season. Yeah. So just, he may not be the, the trade caps. piece that you need, but he could definitely be part of the salary cap equation. Yeah. Well, I mean, spot. if, if the, um, after a trade, there's nothing holding a player on their new roster because all of the dead money gets taken up by the team that signed them originally. And so um, Kansas City could take on that contract because they, they would have the room for it and there would be no um, issue with them cutting him after the year or you know that kind of stuff. So for them to take on his salary and that would actually be something they might want to do uh, simply because of where they're standing um, in things. And mm-hmm. it gives them a, another potential playmaker. I mean, like I said, he was, we don't know who he is right now because of the injury and, and that kind of stuff, but he was a two time all pro both before he turned 25. So um, getting a chance to get him in this, um, like I said, I was ready to cut him just because I, I wasn't convinced he, the CX were going to get anything like production out of him and that 18 million dollars i thought could be spent elsewhere but he's also healthy now so maybe you want to give him that shot because he can be a special guy so i there's a lot of uh there's a lot of wishy-washy in a in a a long-winded answer that says nothing uh to your question yeah um yeah it sounds it's fun to speculate on something like this. The chances of it happening are probably one percent. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if I teams are talking, okay, because it, it, when a player says I'm going to hold out for eight games and, and um, unless you restructure, I'm not happy and blah 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 blah. Um, Kansas City can say, you know, trades are off the table. We're not talking about it, et cetera. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean it's true, and. Um, I think Seattle would be wise to explore, especially given the weakness at defensive tackle anyway. Mm-hmm. And you go out and you make a blockbuster deal um, to solve the problem immediately, elevates your team into contention. You gotta do it. You you just have to be a, a team that's willing to go ahead and swing for the fences. And John Snyder's proven over and over again he is that guy. It's just a matter of is the compensation enough? to make it happen and then can you pay chris jones on a on a four-year extension because that's what it's going to take so you don't make that trade unless you and the agent already have a deal agreed on you don't make a trade and i say this because the cx have screwed this up twice and other teams don't and um yeah that's but not you, the truth. if you make that trade 
you make the trade with a contract already agreed yeah. on. So yeah, because he's not if he's not going to play for signs. Kansas City, he's not going to play for you. Yeah. Um and so you you get it done and you make sure that it all it's there. So you're making the trade not for one year. You're tr- making the trade for 4 years of production. And Kansas City's already shown, you know, that that, that they can necessarily uh don't have a problem walking away from from players or or getting compensation for players hill comes to my tree hill mm-hmm. uh, comes to mind you know they've got to pay him they've they've got some other things coming uh due mahomes is coming due as far as impacting the salary cap he's had a team friendly deal quote unquote up front uh but the back end of that deal is heavy and things start coming due in 2024 and so this team may take that opportunity opportunity cost to shift chris jones out and his big salary take what they can get now and be a much healthier uh salary cap going forward uh for it and still get better in the in the long term and and so they may very well be interested in something like this and we'll just have to see it's it's total speculation but i think it makes a lot of sense for both teams it it does um which means it won't happen it's it's hard um, to put these deals together. It is. It really yep. is. The the more sense it makes for both teams, the less likely it is to happen. Um, I don't know why that is, but that's the NFL, and that's part of the, that's the fun, right? Um, okay. So uh, all of this, all of this talk about Jones does. Um, let's not cloud the 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 fact that the Seahawks need another defensive lineman. Um, with Morris's injury, and he's going to be out for a while. They don't have. The then debt. you're expecting Miles Adams to come in, and Miles and Adams. We've already, yeah. we've seen that show last year. He's yeah. the the team talks about him being improved. We actually saw some nice things from him in the preseason um, this year, but literally that's the end of your depth chart. It could be an opportunity for a guy like Jacob Sykes to come in and make this roster. A guy that's fringy but has some upside has shown. Some things in the games. We'll see what he does on he's Saturday. A, he's a nose tackle that doesn't offer you anything else. Um, I mean, I've guess... got him listed at defensive end, so I think he can play. Sure. In, they've also inside got Reed. Out. They've got Reed listed as a defensive mm-hmm. end, and he's a nose tackle. Um, but no, Sykes' athletic profile and everything. He's a three hundred and you know thirty pound guy. He's a um, a nose tackle. Now maybe. Yeah, he makes the roster with the idea that if he comes into the game, he comes in at nose, and that allows you to read move read over, um, and to to get those extra snaps at at defensive end. But Sykes doesn't give you anything at defensive end. Anytime you're talking about playing fringy players in your normal rotation, um, it's not good. Yeah, really, on, on a team that's otherwise well constructed and in a in a position, you know, to win eleven, twelve games, uh. You go, you go make a difference um, mm-hmm. trade in, in like a Chris Jones. That'd just be a knock out of the park home run for this yeah. team. And the thing is, I don't, I don't really expect them to go get a Chris Jones. I expect, no, expect them to sit, to sit around and wait and then sign um, Al Woods when he's cut by the Jets. Um, or if Puna Ford doesn't make the, the Bills roster yeah. and bring one of those guys back uh, to play that like, backup rotation i think chris jones 
<laughs> would definitely elevate your team into a uh, otherworldly defensive line. I mean, we're talking like 49er level. Oh, yeah, with Chris Jones, Dre Jones, um, and Jerron Reed in the middle. That is that is as good of a line that, in a 3-4 that you'll find. Yeah, plus, plus guys like uh, Cameron Young, Mario Edwards, and Mike Morris as the backups. Mm-hmm. Assuming that um, Mike Morris gets healthy. Yeah, well, at some point, hopefully, but yeah, 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 yeah. Fun, 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 fun. Okay, let's get out of here. We're by the way, we're playing the Green Bay. <laughs> for anybody that's tuning in for a for a preview, uh, not going to talk about Green Bay too much. They've got a decent roster. Um, their their entire season really hinges on um, the ability Jordan of Jordan Love to play. Um, I I did notice that uh, Sean Clifford, their backup quarterback, looked pretty decent in the game where he was getting snaps. Uh, making quick throws and so forth, so they do have a backup option. Um, but it's a, it's a it's a okay roster. I just don't know that it's a, you know any better than eight or nine wins. Um, yeah, I mean, Love has looked good at times in the preseason, and and I'm hearing decent things out of like, like people are like, everyone kind of expected him to fall on his face, and he hasn't. Um, and so I've heard some good things, but overall, like. I mean, it's a decent roster. It's not a great roster. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get out of here. Um, again, we'll be back on Sunday to um, to talk about the game. And uh, we're also going to do a 53-man roster prediction show as well. And that'll be coming before the cuts on Tuesday. And we'll see how we do compared that, to reality. That one's always fun because we always we come in, we think we know what's going on, and then the team just laughs at us and does something just completely not that and um it's it's hilarious and yeah. um it's very entertaining for everyone so um yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right let's get out of here find keith on twitter at myers nfl you can find me at nwc hawk the show is seahawks playbook podcast find us on your favorite podcast platform and youtube hit that subscribe button and share it with your friends and family until next time go hawks go hawks Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NW Seahawk, Keith is at Myers NFL, and the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.